It's a wonderful day in the glory of the Lord Jesus. A day full of glory, a day full of love, a day of revelation, a day of light. The darkness is passing away, and the night is passing away, and the dawn of the seventh day is at hand. It's a day that comes about by the Shekinah glory rising in the Bride of Christ. The day dawns by the Bride rising Mount Zion, rising in the spiced mountains of His love to live spiritually by faith in the Garden of Eden. Psalms 45 verse 1 My heart is on fire, boiling over with passion, bubbling up within me, are these beautiful lyrics as a lovely poem to be sung for the king. Like a river bursting its banks, I'm overflowing with words, spilling out into this sacred story. Psalm 69.9 My love for you has my heart on fire. My passion consumes me for your house. Nothing will turn me away, even though I endure all the insults of those who insult you. Psalm 119, 140. All your promises glow with fire. That's why I'm a lover of your word. And finally, Song of Songs 8, 6. Fasten me upon your heart as a seal of fire forevermore. This living, consuming flame will seal you as my prisoner of love. My passion is stronger than the chains of death and the grave, all-consuming as the very flashes of fire from the burning heart of God. Place this fierce, unrelenting fire over your entire being. Amen. Fierce, all-consuming love over your entire being. His banner over us is love. It's the revelation of divine love that gets you through the desert places. Every dry place of the soul is healed with the living waters of love. I can tell you just from personal experience, my testimony, everything I've gone through in life, severe hardship, severe persecution, severe misunderstanding for the spirit of prophecy, doing things in the spirit of prophecy that carnal minds, even Christian minds, cannot understand. And it's, it's all part of the price we pay to be leaders in the body of Christ, amen? Is that we do things out of love that are insane, that are irrational. Love is not sane. Love is not reasonable. Love is not rational. Love makes no sense. Love is a passion. Love is a fire that puts you into a frenzy. Love is the resurrection of the dead. Love is the glory of God that transforms you.
It's nonsensical from beginning to end. It's the cup of the new covenant. You learn how to drink that fiery love, and it will get you through anything in life. There is no hardship that love can't get you through. As long as you go to the cup. Now listen, your soul is going to go crazy thousands of times. Because it's his cup that fills your spirit that heals your souls. The only way you get through the hardship is by drinking a substance you can't see called the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will lead you by building up your spirit to consume your soul. But never one time on this path, the last 20 years being a Christian, has God ever given me the understanding into my brain so that I could make it through. That's just not how He works. He gives you the cup. He gives you the same cup every day, and you grow in revelation of His love. What is in the cup of the new covenant? Only one substance. God. Because God is love. The issue is, we don't have enough revelation. We don't have enough intoxication. And we haven't really overcome much. But we shall overcome all as we learn to be addicted to this cup. Every breakthrough is in the cup. Look no further. Don't look for formulas. There's a one-step formula to fix every problem in your life. It's called the cup of salvation, the cup of the new covenant. It's drinking divine love by faith. Some of you, God's going to bring you back into like nursery school when you could play make-believe. Little kids will have, be building forts. They'll have their little G.I. Joes. They'll have their little Barbies. They'll be playing house. They'll be doing tea time. And they can do all this make-believe stuff, and it's real to them. And they're having fun doing it. You have to come back to that childlike place of playing make-believe. That's how you enter the kingdom, by playing make-believe. And it is real. What those children are experiencing is real because it's by their faith that they're having fun. They're happy. See, what gets you grumpy and nasty is you lost your childlikeness. You lost your ability to play make-believe. And we grow up and we think we need to be mature. What? According to Satan. We need to be childlike according to Jesus Christ. We need to be so childlike that we stay in the kingdom and we can keep playing make-believe. You can get through anything if you stay childlike. Now, if you try to get real smart, if you try to look good in front of others, look real educated, look real scholarly, look real smart, you're going to make a fool out of yourself. Because the glory of God is foolishness to the carnal mind. You only get to look smart if you go into Satan's kingdom and start operating out of religion in the carnal mind. You've got to come out of the carnal mind and learn how to live like a child in the spirit. And it's relearning everything you know about life on earth. Just like in the natural, you had to learn how to go to the bathroom. You did. You had to learn how to eat food. You had to learn how to walk. You had to learn how to ride a bicycle. Later on, you had to learn how to drive a car. Hallelujah. You had to learn those things in the natural. When you get born again, you have to relearn how to walk. Later on, you have to relearn how to talk. You have to relearn how to, how to move in the Spirit. You have to relearn every single aspect of life on earth. 
And if you ever come out of the childlikeness, you stop going after the spirit and you go back into the flesh because you stopped learning. You stopped growing spiritually. Most people do that because it's just so foolish. The gospel is the greatest stumbling block of all time. It's the rock of offense. (laughs) It's the biggest stumbling block to everything in the natural realm, especially education, especially religious information. Religious information, who can get a 4.0 graduating from Bible college just being a little child? Just obeying the red letters of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You'd flunk out the first semester. It's so ridiculous what people have you doing today in the world, in worldly Christianity. We need to have other worldly Christianity called kingdom. We need kingdom Christianity. And I know before this thing is all said and done, we'll have a full demonstration of kingdom Christianity. Hallelujah. And it will offend every religious thing and every soul in the world on purpose. He's the rock of offense that will crush the carnal mind into the lake of fire. Heaven on earth is living free from the flesh, even while in the body. You can be separated from the flesh and be in the body. It's just the flesh has no power over your spirit whatsoever. Freedom and abundant life that Jesus Christ preached and ministered and walked in was just simply being free from the flesh, being childlike in the glory of God. We read the red letters, we read Revelation, we read the words of Christ, but I don't think we understand the atmosphere that he ministered in. He ministered out of the cloud of Shekinah glory. They called him the Lord of glory. Amen? Until you mix your Christianity with the glory of God and then go deeper in the glory and get a grid for the glory because the glory forces you to become more and more childlike. The glory forces you to get refined in areas where you think you're smart and you know some stuff. To this day, the only blockage I've ever seen in a man or a woman to the glory of God is pride. Not complicated. It's just there's so much pride that we don't understand how to even get it out. How to even have a grid for life apart from consciousness of self. Being self-aware and self-conscious is the presence of satanic pride. Can you live free from self-awareness? Yes, you can. That's why he died on the cross. The purging of the conscience from death, according to Hebrews chapter 9, by the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus, was to intoxicate your conscience so that you're only aware of the wine of the glory and no longer self. True application of the blood to the mind is being no longer self-aware. Amen. Being drunken glory aware. (laughs) The drunken glory really hasn't even started. We said drunken glory movement 10 years ago. We we had some drunken glory in Toronto. We had some drunken glory in Lakeland. We've had drunken glory here and there for the last 10, 11 years. And the drunken glory is truly the promised land. And it is the drunken glory. It's the new wine of the promised land that Joshua and Caleb brought over and brought the good report. Listen, guys, the wine is greater than the giants. They paid attention to the giants, the problems. Joshua and Caleb, the apostolic and the prophetic, Joshua being the apostle, Caleb being the prophet, 
they paid more attention to the wine. That's what's going to separate the living and the dead. People that are focused on the negative are people that are focused on the glory of God. <laughs> it will separate the living from the dead, the sheep from the goats, the wheat from the tare, and the wise from the foolish. The oil that fills your lamps is nothing less than the glory of God. The issue between the wise and the foolish is the wise knew how to cultivate it in the garden of their heart. They developed the tree of life inside the soil of their spirit so that their lamps were full of oil. They're, they were full of glory. They had become new covenant Christians and temples of the Holy Spirit anointing oil. And they had a lot. But this place that we're going can only be obtained by people that have produced their own intimacy oil. <laughs> The levels and the degrees of glory necessary to overcome the world means the entire inner man has to be dedicated and sacrificed to God the Father alone. The kind of anointing you need to overcome the red dragon, which is the pride that we all deal with every day, has to be a complete and total consecration of your spirit set apart to serve the Father alone. We can't make it with serving other spirits, serving other gods. You're not going to have enough oil. To make it out through the night in the parable of the wise virgins, they had to produce oil for the bridegroom alone. And a lot of oil. <laughs> if you have things stealing your anointing and stealing from your spirit, you're not going to have enough oil to make it. So really, the discipleship is exposing the demonic influences that are sucking you dry in your heart and getting rid of them so that you can have your own oil. So that your whole heart belongs to Jesus. That's what it's all about. If you get out every other thing that's stealing from you in your heart, you're going to have a super abundance of oil. It's true. And your light will shine bright because it's those little foxes spoiling the vineyard that cause us to not shine as bright as we can. If you just clean up the one or two areas that you struggle in, those areas of repeated sin that need to be cleaned up, people usually wrestle against one or two familiar spirits that they've never had total victory over in their entire life. And it could be a myriad of different things, but it's usually just a couple areas. It's not a lot. A couple demons. A couple flies trying to ruin the fragrance. One fly in the ointment ruins the fragrance. And if you could just overcome it, some of you need to fast. Some of these familiar spirits you wrestle against only come out with prayer and fasting. Meaning, your soul will overcome that demon, that familiar spirit, that area where you're being robbed in your oil, when you get your soul addicted to the oil, when you get your soul addicted to the wine, when that area of your soul, that stronghold, we all deal with strongholds, there's, there's weaknesses in every soldier, and you have to know your weaknesses, amen, and you have to be at, at, with, with other soldiers during the war, you cannot win alone, you need the whole body. It's true. In the, times of in the times ahead, the body of Christ will come together on a level of unity we've never seen before. And we'll have to do that. The anointing will do that automatically. 
It's not going to be because we all like the same music. It's not going to be because we all like the same preaching style. There will be every nation, tribe, and tongue around his throne. The Bible says it. Amen? Every knee will bow. But I'm talking about how about the bride of Christ now rising in the same oil. You can have unity in the oil. I can feel the anointing when I'm around evangelicals, even if they can't. You get so sensitive to the Spirit, you can feel when people are born again, clearly, easily. And you can energize their spirit just by burning around them. You can build up everyone's hearts by being a body fully filled and flooded with God Himself. Your revelations are burning Shekinah fire that ignite other people's hearts. Sometimes you don't even have to speak the word. The substance just comes forth from the ark of glory. When you have God the Father living in you, and you know it, and you feel it, and you're glowing in it, and you're just blazing, the fire of God can come out and do whatever it wants. It's not limited by your brain. A lot of people think that their brain limits God. It doesn't. God can do anything He wants. Now, you're going to have an easier time and a better time when your brain cooperates because you're suffering because there's not enough oil in your soul. But God will do stuff and bypass people's brains all the time. Penny and I were doing some ministry maybe 10, 9, 10 years ago, and we sat next to this guy, and all of a sudden there was smoke starting to billow through him, and there was smoke coming through me, and then then smoke coming through the next guy. And we were indoors, and the, the guy that's working there came over, and he said, there's no smoking in here. You remember that, Penny? Yeah. <laughs> and, and I looked at him, and I looked, and I could see the physical manifest smoke of the Shekinah glory burning through me like a smokestack. And it wasn't just hitting me, it was hitting everyone next to me, and there was smoke going through their hearts and out their souls. And everyone I turned to prophesied perfectly. I turned to my right, and the guy said, Hey, have you ever heard of Jehovah Wana? Never talked to this guy in my life. And I, I looked at him and I was like, Is my spirit burning through this man's heart and soul so much that I'm talking to my own spirit through his body? I just tell people I'm high on God. <laughs> he told me about Jehovah Wana. He told me about being high on God. And there's smoke billowing out of him. Physical manifest smoke of his glory. And the, the worker in the place came over and said, there's no smoking in here. And I told the worker, this is the smoke of his glory. But he, like, he couldn't hear it, you know what I mean? Yeah. He couldn't hear it. He had his, it, even though it was true, he had no grid for that supernatural dimension of the sign and wonder that was taking place in front of his eyes. So it was kind of just like, pretend like nothing happened, walk away slowly. <laughs> That's where we're going. Where your spirit is so built up that you're burning through everyone's hearts around you. Amen? You have the capabilities of God already planted in your hearts. Divine ability has no natural limitations. God did that to show me what He's capable of doing. I can burn through these people sovereignly. I've never talked to any of those people before in my entire life, but they started ministering to me out of the glory of God. We Perfect even, prophecy. We weren't even really talking to them. They were talking to like the person next to them. <laughs> All of a sudden... 
This is where we're going, church. We're going to a place where the glory is so strong burning in us that we consume all hearts. That's the fire of God working. Satan doesn't have anything to put that up. <laughs> you don't even need to worry about the enemy when you're burning that hot. The enemy is just nowhere to be found in that kind of fire. The only thing you have to do is stay on fire. All you got to do is stay in love. All you got to do is focus on his love, drinking his love, because you can go up and down in degrees of fire. <laughs> it's not always a constant burning flame. We have to stay on fire. We know how to be disciplined in the Spirit of God. We know how to feast on the glory of God. Feasting is one of the most important revelations you'll ever get in your Christian life. God was speaking to me during worship today about how the 70 elders of Israel went up Mount Sinai and ate and drank with God face to face. It says in Exodus. So, there's so much to unfold there, but the elders, which means the mature ones in Christ, know how to feast. You go up the mountain, now in the New Covenant, Mount Zion, not Mount Sinai anymore, but in Mount Zion, you go up the mountain by knowing how to eat His flesh and drink His blood how to feast on His glory, how to eat His words like living bread, how to drink His presence like new wine, and how to rise on Mount Zion by feasting. And they ate with God face to face, the Bible says. They went into the cloud of glory by feasting. You go into the cloud of glory. You rise on Mount Zion by feasting. You have to learn how to feast. You start with reading the Bible. It's true. You start with drinking the wine. Some of you got to go to like a little children playing make-believe. You need to believe in this stuff that you can't see. Some of you need to toke the ghost. God was also speaking to me. He said, a grace is coming that will be so strong that instead of being persecuted for toking the ghost, you'll actually have favor for toking the ghost. Wouldn't that be insane? I've never seen favor like that before. But you will see that kind of favor. People will favor you for you playing make-believe, for having fun in childlike faith and enjoying the glory of God. Yeah. You should be highly favored for enjoying the glory of God. The only enemies you have against playing make-believe and having fun in the glory of God and breathing in the glory of God, drinking the glory of God, the smoke of the glory of God, is the religious spirit. And that's the main spirit that's controlled the Christian church for thousands of years, and it's getting burnt up. Truly, this is the least religious Christianity has ever been. Has ever been. Because you, you have no idea how bad it was with the apostles in the first century. And the just fresh introduction to Christianity. People were crazy. The Corinthians were insane. The sin was on a level you can't even imagine. It was just as bad back then as it is in the modern scandals you see right now. I mean, it was just all over the place. It was a mess. It's always been a mess. You're dealing with humans in terrible sin, gross darkness on the people and darkness on the land. It's called gross darkness because it is gross and disgusting what we got ourselves into in humanity. And the process of coming out of the darkness into the glorious light is never clean, it's never nice, it's always ugly, it's always messy, there's always going to be problems. 
It's never smooth. I have never seen smooth growth. It's a non-existent thing. It's like weaning a child. They're rebellious, they're kicking, they're fighting, they're testing their parents. What can they get away with every day? What can I get away with and still be in the presence of God? And everyone who's mature in Christ already knows this because we've already kicked against the pricks so much that we stopped kicking against the pricks. We bled out. We kicked so much that we bled out and gave up and we let Him control us now. That's what spiritual maturity is. It's not that you're so disciplined to always do the right thing. It's that you're completely exhausted of self-effort. You're completely exhausted of trying to be good in your own strength, in your own soul. And now you're entirely dependent on the new wine. That's the only energy that burns in mature ones. Amen? So it's not about being good. It's about being dependent. A passive, dependent, saved person who knows how to drink the new wine. Who knows how to lean their entire body on his energy. Amen. you got to be a cup. It's about being a cup. You drink the cup of the new covenant until your body is the cup of the new covenant and everyone can drink the glory of God out of you. Jesus said on the last day of the feast, Come to me if you're thirsty and drink, and out of your innermost being will flow springs and rivers of living waters. But of this he spoke of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So I'm telling you guys, Jesus Christ was the cup that all Israel drank from. You drink His cup until all America and your whole nation can drink from you. And you're going to have to drink a lot more. You're going to have to drink the river until there's nothing left on the inside except the river of life crystal clear and sparkling. And there'll be all kinds of stuff, the temptations of the world, lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, pride of life. They'll try to get in there into the cup and shut down the overflow. And people stop overflowing from times, I mean, hundreds of times. People won't have, you're not going to have a perfect day. <laughs> Maybe in the future you will, but it's always going to be something. There's always drama. There's always something trying to stop your flow. There's always men and women coming around manifesting what's in their soul. You got your families on your back. You got your friends and you got everyone around you. And everyone's at a different level in Christ and some of them aren't even in Christ. So it's messy. The whole situation's messy, and the only thing that cleans it up is heavy drinking, and the heavy drinking often looks like it's going to get things messier. The, the heavy drinking often looks like it's making things worse because people will manifest. It's making things better. Consistent drinking will always purify the atmosphere. Consistent drinking of the river of life and the springs of the glory of God and the drinking of the new wine, the drinking of the love of Eden from the vineyards of Eden and staying attached to the vine and drinking will always purify your hearts. Nothing else can. It's a one-step formula. The cup of the new covenant and learning how to drink. The elders went up the mountain and drank with God face to face. You want to grow? You want to mature? That's what elderly represents. Hallelujah. You won't get elderly, you get childlike, which is actually Christian maturity. A little child shall lead them, Isaiah chapter 11. It's not about being smart, it's about glowing in the dark. <laughs> it's not about being intelligent. Oftentimes, you're so overwhelmed with the glory of God, you can hardly talk. It's a miracle you can even speak at a sixth grade vocabulary. 
because your soul is so overwhelmed with rivers of glory. For the last couple weeks, it's like, I don't think I can even talk. I'm so gone in the glory of God during the worship time. And I'm, I seriously was a little scared the last couple weeks. Even to, It's like, I don't know if I'll be able to really talk. The, the glory is dramatically increasing, but you'll find that the Father can talk through you. Don't prepare what you are to say when you come before people. Open your mouth and I will fill it. God himself will speak through you as you yield to the river. And it'll be way more anointed than anything you could plan out in your soul. You have to live spontaneously, like a volcano. It's a volcano that's attached to the source and you're erupting Mount Zion. You're erupting the anointing oil. Your full-time job is intimacy. And you can put as much Bible in your heart as you want, and it will come out, and you don't even have to control it. God will just flare out of you like solar flares. It's a sun on fire. It's a solar system of glory. It's a bright morning star system of fire that's working in you. It's the morning star rising in your heart. Your full-time job is just to constantly yield to Him burning inside you and grow in intimacy. Amen? And it will burn up all that those blockages. And when it burns up the blockages, you think that your promotion, everyone's going to celebrate. No, you'd be surprised. Most people won't even celebrate with you in your victories. Because your victories mean a greater glory. And that glory is the fire of God that will burn up their sin. So most people get angry at you as you grow and get victory. Amen? I've seen it thousands of times. The, the more you grow in relationship with God, oftentimes the more you're hated because your light exposes their darkness. People are not going to celebrate your breakthrough. Christians aren't going to celebrate your breakthrough. Very few people have been able to walk with me the last 20 years. Most people come and go. Most people are at a, at a distance. There's people around. We have our remnant. We have our, our holy place. We have our inner court. We got, we got our people. But I'm telling you, the hotter you burn, the more refined everyone around you is. And oftentimes, they're just going to freak out on you. Penny is the prime example of that. <laughs> Bless her heart. She's probably freaked out on me every single day we've been together. <laughs> just non-stop freaking out, but it's getting better. This is the best it's ever, it's ever been for us. It's shaking everything that can be shaken. You're getting refined in the glory of God. And it's getting all the world out of you. Yeah. It's getting all the demonic influence off your heart, off your soul. And just being holy and set apart for the father of your spirit. Amen. And Penny represents where almost everyone in the bride of Christ is at. Getting refined in the love of God to have no other lovers in you. Which means no other spiritual influence pulling your heartstrings, being controlled by the fire of His love exclusively. Amen. And you'd be surprised. People can say, oh, I only serve Jesus. You come around the stronger Shekinah glory, any imperfection gets exposed under a magnifying glass. It's easy to judge when you're out there, and most people out there don't burn in hardly any glory at all. But when you're in the Holy of Holies fire, you're under a a magnifying glass, a, micro, a microscope in every area of your heart, soul, mind, and strength constantly. You want that kind of refinement unto perfection? L live your life under a microscope. 
We have lived our lives under a microscope to be refined under the Father's perfection, and that's what I wanted. That's what I signed up for. I could care less about my dignity, respectability. I just want all the fullness of God the Father burning through my heart, whatever it looks like. Because that's the only thing that heals the earth. And the Father's the, the reward of the priest. The Father's all you need. That's one of the greatest revelations you'll ever receive. That your inheritance has nothing to do with the natural dimension, even though your inheritance completely heals and restores all things. But our minds are so interwoven with the natural realm, the natural realm has zero percent to do with your inheritance. Zero. Oh, yeah, and the whole world be added unto you, but it's still a zero. Because God created the world. God is your Father, and God is your inheritance. And not just the theology of God, the burning Shekinah presence, the richest measure of the divine presence, and the body fully filled and flooded with God Himself. That's your inheritance. When you know the Father like that, fully flooded, the glory of God will be burning in your brain so strongly, you'll be walking on streets of gold. People will be begging to come around you. They'll be honoring you everywhere you go because there'll be so much light coming at you, there won't be darkness in miles off of you. That's where we're going. We're coming. The reason why the persecution's way down the last couple weeks is because the fire is way up. You can't be persecuted if there's no demons. You notice that? If the demons are all burnt up in a radius, if your ministry is just on fire and burning through souls in a radius, there'll be no demons on anyone to even persecute you. The only persecution against the glory of God is from demons. Bob Jones prophesied about Minneapolis right to my face, saying it'd be a demon-free zone. He said it'd be like three years, be more like ten years later, Bob, but... I don't think they understood how much warfare we had to go through. And that there were those here who would not see death. Yep. That's one of the first prophecies I got when I was in Teen Challenge, and it's been confirmed 20 times. You'll be young at 100. you never taste death. This is a generation programmed to overcome death. Yep. And the revelation of His glory, the knowledge of the glory, is a death-free, a death-free light. The light of salvation has no death in it. It's just... Can you let that light burn up your whole brain? Yeah. That's the only question. The soul says no to the light constantly, resisting, quenching, and grieving the light of the Holy Spirit. I mean, I've done it thousands of times. Everyone does it. That's why we struggle so much, because we don't let the light completely burn up our brains. Because we lose our self-awareness the more and more we yield to the light. And we think that we need to actually do something and be there in order to be a good Christian and be a good steward and use wisdom, bro. No, you don't need to be there. The Father needs to be there. And just pure white Shekinah light through the whole brain and you feel like you're being erased from the universe. But that's actually just called the forgiveness of sins. The erasing of the consciousness of self and the self-awareness is the actual forgiveness of sin. Can you so trust the light of God the Father? I know you will. Because people are falling in love and understanding the goodness of God and they're starting to see some of the rewards for going into the fire of His glory and getting their souls burnt up. All it removes from you is death. Death is being self-aware. Death is being self-protected. Death is being self-promoted. Death is self Self is the curse of the fall of death. They died because they saw they were naked. 
Before that, there is no death because they were only aware of the glory of the Father. The light of His glory is what removes death from self. It removes self, which is the forgiveness of sin. Amen. That's how you'll never age because there won't be anything to age in there. The glory of God can't age. The Father is exactly the same as He was 200 billion years ago. Still looks like a teenager. Hallelujah. (laughs) Amen. Jesus Christ, eternal 33, a young man. The same yesterday, today, and forever. Glory to God. And we just got to trust Him. We just got to let His fire burn up our souls and understand the process. This is the knowledge of the glory, the erasing of self. And once you understand what's taking place in your soul, that's the metamorphosis of Romans 12 too. The transfiguration is the the brain burning in the Shekinah glory. And it comes out of your spirit. Out of your heart flows rivers of glory, rivers of Shekinah, rivers of fire. And it deals with you first. We want to deal with others, but then we try to skip ourselves and everyone's been a hypocrite, so just repent. And get purified in your soul, and out of your overflow, people can drink the glory off of you. That's real Christianity. <laughs> your only witness is through the measure you've been burnt up in your own brain. Yeah. We try to be a witness apart from burning in the Shekinah through our brain. No wonder why nobody wants to be a Christian. A bunch of hypocrites. They'll drink the Shekinah when it's actually real, and you're on fire, because that Shekinah is perfect prosperity, perfect healing, perfect joy, perfect love, perfect fruitfulness. That Shekinah through your soul is heaven on earth. Living in the Shekinah is heaven. On earth as it is in heaven is having a soul completely purified by Shekinah glory. And having nothing else in you except a constant river of Shekinah glory. Amen. And the faster you can sacrifice self, the faster you can grow in the glory. That's what it boils down to. Who is willing to give up their life and not love self? Who is willing to sacrifice their awareness? Who is willing to come out of the flesh and live in the glory? Who can burn up their brain? Not in a religious way, not in a beat myself up way, but in a way of intimacy in the garden of your heart. See, the fire is produced in love with Jesus in your heart. Fire is love. Song of Solomon says, fire is love. The love of his fire and the, the fire of his love. Set your love like fire on our hearts. It's a seal of love and it's a seal of fire. That's what God's love is. It's the fire. And it can grow so strong that there can be nothing else in you except Shekinah glory burning. Amen. Growing in that love inside your heart, knowing him. You know, Jesus Christ said it doesn't matter if you do all the works. If you don't know Him, then you, you won't be with Him. You have to develop intimacy in your spirit. And that's the place a lot of people try to bypass because it's costly. you got all kinds of stuff pulling at your spirit. And when you try to go into your spirit and you try to know Jesus in your spirit, that's when you're going to really uncover some nasty stuff. That's where the enemy's been robbing you. In the garden of your heart. Catch me the little foxes. Amen. The foxes live in the spirit, and they're called evil spirits. They're usually familiar spirits. 
Penny is dealing with the infirmity, familiar spirit. People deal with lust, familiar spirits. People deal, most people, the main one is religious, familiar spirits. And infirmity is a part of the religious, familiar spirit. The religious, familiar spirit will always tell you what to do in the soul. It's do's and don'ts in the soul every day. And all kinds of good ideas in the soul. The good ideas in, in the soul is not God. First and foremost, that's familiar spirits 100% of the time. Anything from God comes up like a bubbling unction of anointing oil out of the belly. God is the anointed one in you, already in you. The stuff people get in their soul, a lot of times just religious demons. You have to test everything you hear as a good idea in your soul because 99% of the people that I see hearing from God are actually hearing from religious familiar spirits. And that's why people are so confused and messed up and they're prophesying and not prophesying and the immaturity is like poopy diapers everywhere in Christianity because we don't even understand how the unction works from the Holy One. We don't even understand the plumbing of the human body, the supernatural plumbing of God inside the temple of the new covenant called the human body. First of all, we got to live out of our rich treasury of glory of Christ in our bellies. If we're not living out of Christ consciousness out of our belly, everything in our soul is a complete and total religious lie. We're bewitched of Galatians 3.1 having begun in the belly, trying to finish in the brain. So most people never even heard from God. They've been following familiar spirits their whole lives. And that's why they got nowhere in life. And they're all discouraged and they tried their best. And so many Christians I hear say all the time, Lord, just take me home. They're so defeated by familiar spirits that have pretended to be the Holy Spirit their whole life that they're like, just take me home. If you ever were to repent and get into the river, you won't, you won't be praying prayers like that. Be like, keep me here longer. I want more rewards, more fruit. Because you learned how to bear fruit from your spirit. You learned how to live in the spirit and you came out of the flesh of your soul. You repented of the magic arts of Jezebelic, soulish, false Christianity that deceives the whole world. you got to come out of the soul to live in the Spirit. And from the Spirit, you'll get unctions. We have an unction from the Holy One, and we know all things, it is written. Amen. And we're led by the unctions of the anointing oil bubbling up from our bellies. Everything God the Father wants you to do, He's already placed it in your belly. You have to learn how to travail and birth it. Amen. There is stuff in you, you your mind can't see, your mind can't know, and you're only going to birth it, you're only going to manifest the destiny scroll out of the vault of your spirit by intimacy with Jesus Christ in the hidden person of the heart. Amen in the stairway of the secret place, in the cleft of the rock, in the garden of Eden in your heart. Amen. And the Father's heart will change your heart, will heal your spirit, and that will birth everything God has programmed in your spirit to accomplish on earth as it is in heaven. But it will always be in covenant with Christ, never alone, and it's already planted in your spirit. It's not about hearing from God and getting a prophetic word for God. What it is is about birthing what God placed in you the day you're born again. You have the fullness of the package of your destiny in your belly, in your spirit, planted first day, day one, born again Christianity. Hardly any Christians know that, but it's the truth anyhow. All you have to do is unwrap the package and birth it by intimacy with Christ in your heart, and it will manifest in rivers of promises fulfilled. 
The promised land is you manifesting all the promises of God placed in your spirit already. Birthing the promises is your soul entering the promised land. And you all birth them from the same place because we're all born of the incorruptible seed of the word of God that cannot sin. We're all born of God and God's divine offspring. So as we manifest the promises, we manifest the promised land of heaven on earth. Because we all come from the same place who are born of the same Holy Spirit and the same living waters. Amen. That's when you start to have unity of the brethren, when people actually start manifesting the river out of their bellies according to the Bible. Hallelujah. And all the dry place, false Christianity, Jezebelic magic arts, deceiving the whole planet, all of it gets vaporized when you start to realize these facts, these revelations, these promises that are already placed in you. Amen. And you start to believe it. You start to see it. You start to taste it. You start to manifest the glory. And then you realize it's all true. Then you understand this verse. Greater is he who's in me than he who's in the world. He who's in the world gets annihilated when you manifest the greater one in you, Christ in you, the hope that your soul realizes the glory. The hope that you manifest the promises written on your destiny scroll already inside your spirit. Amen. It's so important because when we start manifesting our own destinies out of our own bellies and get all the strange fire of Satan and his angels burned out of our brains and all that self-false stuff that you think you got to do burnt out of your brains and you just manifest the easy river and doing the dead man's float, totally selfless, totally self-unaware, and all of the manifestation of the promises are coming forth, you will build up every member in particular of the body of Christ, and the bride gets strengthened, and the bride rises. And the bride will continue to rise as people manifest their destiny scrolls out of their bellies and unfold their salvation packages by birthing it from their spiritual stomachs. The Bible says in Timothy that you're saved by birthing the divine child. That's what it says in Greek. It doesn't say by women you're saved by childbearing. Then all you have to do is have kids and you're going to heaven. That's not what the Bible says. In Greek it says you're saved by birthing the divine child. You want to be saved? Birth Jesus Christ the divine child out of your spiritual stomachs. Manifest the throne of glory out of your hearts and burn up your brains. The only thing that resists manifesting your promised land is your own soul. It's no one else's fault. Stop blaming others. You can only look to yourself. Amen. Because once you burn this rock up between your shoulders, there will be no resistance to the promises manifesting out of your hearts. And it will wrap your body and it will get easier and easier the more and more you learn how to birth what God's already placed in your heart. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, test the Lord in finances. Malachi chapter 3 says, and donate at redlerman.com. And we'll see you tomorrow. Amen. Glory.